and gentlemen, welcome to the Friday Wrap-Up with Greg Campbell, Paul Stevenson, and David Warren. Get the latest of what's going on in Ottawa when it comes to real estate, mortgages, and whatever else they want to talk about. Have a coffee, some laughs, and learn something new each Friday at 10 a.m. Gentlemen, how are you? Friday, it's another week. Another week, another week. I think Paul might uh, melt on us mid, uh, yeah. mid show, but. Uh, and here we are in the office. The AC is uh, ridiculous. It's so it's so cold. You put it on for like five minutes. You're like, I'm freezing. It's like, am, am I gonna get sick? I called you guys earlier. I, I was excited to wake up so I could go outside into the cool air. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then it just changed like that. Yeah, I woke up, I was up early today, I legit woke up at probably 5.20 and was just wide awake, like eyes wide, ready to go. Um, went for a walk, nobody out obviously, went to the beach, still broad, like broad daylight, so it feels like broad daylight, very sunny, not one person around, hilarious. So like cool. It feels like you're in uh, a post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or you're in a pandemic. Or you're in a pandemic. No, but I used to be an early riser, you know, and then the pandemic kind of got me into the... Uh, I can slowly roll out of bed at yeah. 7.38. I don't need to be up at 5, you know? <laughs> um, but I've been enjoying it. I feel like uh, come 10 o'clock, come 9 o'clock, you feel like you got so much done when you're when you're up a little earlier that um, you guys saw my video. I was feeling pretty electric I loved at it. 7 a.m. I loved it. Yeah, outrageous. You're, all, you're always electric. I was, I was the one lying in bed as you sent that video. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky Skakem says, what up? And Hanif says, happy birthday, Paul. But Paul, it's your birthday tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow's the birthday. Yeah, okay, well, still, happy birthday, Paul. Turning 25. It's going to yeah. be a big one. Again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> turning 25. My daughter's 19, you know, usual. Uh, <laughs> young, you know, that preschool crush. Um, yeah, no. Oh, they said I'm on a mad delay. Yeah, that's crazy. How come we can't hear that? Oh, man. Thanks, Rick. Audio issue. So he's saying Paul is on a mad delay and it's overlapping with everyone else. Oh, so when if we. If I leave and come back, Greg, will it. Just go ahead. Here? Leave and come All back. Right. Leave and come back. Let's see what happens. See you, Paul. We're never letting him back. <laughs> Hello, sir. We're never letting him back in. I feel like your view has changed this week as well. You're, you're much more up close and personal. Am I? Oh, there's. Okay, there's two, two Daves. Oh, there's Paul again. There we go. Paul, are you with us? I am here. Ricky, give me the heads up. It's good. Oh, Hanif says it's good. So here we go. So we're gonna we're gonna roll with this then. It's probably good because I left. I think they're on a further delay than we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Works great. Leave Paul away. Get him out of uh, here. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. Other than that, this week I, uh, you know, last Sunday was supposed to be Ottawa Race Weekend, uh, Tamarack right. Ottawa Race Weekend, which is obviously usually a pretty big deal here in Ottawa. Um, Tamarack, obviously being in real estate, uh, somewhat relative, but they usually, you know, it's usually ten thousand people involved in that event. Um, brings a lot of awareness. Scotiabank is usually a major sponsor as well, who's one of our lenders. Uh, but I decided to run another half. Okay, it was one of my goals for the year was to. Uh, to complete a half marathon, I'd never done it before. 10K was the longest. Um, when COVID hit, I actually decided to do it anyways. And then my mom decided to basically uh, goat me into doing it again uh, two weeks ago. Um, kind of just subtly saying like, "So you're going to run it again, right, on the 24th?" I was like, "No, I already did. I already did it a few a month ago. I'm not doing it again, you know." And then it started going through my head where it's like, "Well, now I got to. I can't let mom down, you know." So then uh, I did it again after a weekend of. Uh, 
sun and beverages, you know. So the the Kathy guilt, you can't, you mm-hmm. can't. Uh, yeah, that'll get you every time. So, so you you sorry. So you ran a half marathon. Well, two now. <laughs> and and how far yeah. and how far is a half marathon? Twenty twenty five. Uh, twenty one point one. Wow. But and, uh, it was a hot and, day, and uh, I regretted it the whole way. But it felt good afterwards, you know. Also, the miraculous thing was after being hung while being hungover is more the uh, you know yeah. the surprising thing that's the, the, my, very ambitious my, my greatest my greatest athletic hangover experience was in vancouver i was out for a night up very late and up very early and the person i was with was like let's go do the grouse grind and the grouse grind is like mm-hmm. you know you hike up the mountain and it's Grouse it's mouth. not very easy. Yeah, and so I'll never forget it because we were dying basically the whole way, but then when we got to the top, it was like, oh my God, I feel so accomplished. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah. It's like most difficult things, you know? It's, uh, you, you hate it while you're doing it, and then as soon as you're done, you're like, okay, well. It's done. It's done now, and I'm yeah. never doing it again. <laughs> exactly. I did it once, um, one time. But yeah, but this is one of those things where the first, the first time I did it, I actually was probably better prepared, probably over prepared, where my body, I'd been running so much, so my body was still sore from other runs. Whereas this one, I'd had two, three days of, of, of rest uh, prior to where I hadn't run. So my body was fine, but uh, I was dehydrated. I didn't sweat at all, which is obviously very dangerous. Not, not recommending that for anyone. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, the goal was just to finish. My time was worse, but uh, you know, I showed up at my mom's house on her birthday. Her birthday is the 24th for a little drive-by and uh, let her know I'm not a failure. You know, <laughs> good job, son. Good job. I did it for you, mom. That's awesome. So, uh, so boys, re- real estate, mortgages. How was how was your week? What's the latest on your end? Busy. <clears throat> Yeah, it's been a been a busy week uh, dealing with. Uh, I've got an interesting one that's uh, hasn't closed yet. A new build that was supposed to close yesterday with somebody from Bermuda buying a uh, a new build here, a non-resident Canadian, and uh, just wi- wired the funds from her account in Bermuda on May 13th, and they just never showed anywhere in any account. Um, and uh, they, you know, supposed to close yesterday. Funds still not in the country. Uh, apparently, have shown up somewhere to this morning. So, before coming on that, I've been uh, trying to locate funds and trying to get the lender to sign off on down payment from mysterious funds coming in from other countries. Anyways, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Then they got a a tenant supposed to be getting keys to move in on Monday, and the brick dropping off uh, appliances tomorrow. But wow. We'll we'll see if that closes today. Who knows? That's Who knows? so strange. So I mean, wire transfer. Like that, that usually happens pretty quick. It's like a 48 to 72 hour delay. And like she just never got, and she just never got a receipt or she got receipt that she, she did receipt. it, but she didn't have, there was no, they just disappeared. Yeah. It just, uh, HSBC showing that, uh, it had been received by CIBC and CIBC saying we don't have this money. And, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Starting. And then starting the whole uh, investigation process. So, anyways, that's been uh, that's been fun. Coordinate trying to coordinate that with the uh, with the lawyer and figure out what the heck's going on and with her and yeah, it's that's cool. Uh, well, thanks for sharing. I've never heard of that happening. I mean, like, I guess it. Yeah, that's that sounds wild. And, and two, uh, two so things. Hopefully, hopefully, the tenant gets the keys. Hopefully, tenant yeah. gets the keys. Because yeah, they, they need a place to live. 
<laughs> moving here from Toronto. Oh, you know? shit. <laughs> two, uh, two things on that point. For anyone who is uh, who doesn't have their money in Canada, the money does need to be in Canada for usually at least 45 days if we know it's coming from overseas before like the bank needs to, it needs to be verified by the bank and showed in the account, like verified into a major institution. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's 45 days, yeah. 30 to 45 days. I mean, days. If, if we can show the night, otherwise it seed in Canada for um, for that period of time or show the 90-day history of it in the prior account, showing the wire coming out and the wire receipt in a Canadian institution uh, bank um, on our end for the bank, for, for, the, for the mortgage bank to actually accept it. And that's, and that's 45 days and that is that is the full down payment amount, right? So there's two ways. Either the like if it's not coming until like the week before or whatever from let's see I'll use this case. Uh, a woman in Bermuda, non-resident like Canadian, living in Bermuda as so considered a non-resident. HSBC Bermudian account uh, showed me the 90-day history leading up to the wire out. So that satisfies the 90-day history for the banks when financing for a mortgage and then is able to show the wire transfer coming out. But then we need proof that it's hit a Canadian bank account um, for that, for those funds being used. Mm -hmm. The other way would be that it, if not showing that 90-day history of the originating account, because sometimes, you know, when it's coming from India or something like that, the bank statements, you know, are typically are paper. They're, you know, a little bit harder to track and things like that. So otherwise, it needs to come in and seed an account in Canada for a minimum of 45 days, typically 90 days in a Canadian institution. What the, the money down payment is a tricky one and requires a lot of uh, of tracing um, from a money laundering standpoint mm -hmm. and all of that. We've talked about on previous episodes, but uh, yeah, it's it, that one becomes the, the hardest thing to kind of gather documentation for because, you know, people have savings account, savings in different accounts and, you know, with different institutions, things like that. And we need to trace all of it. Yeah. And so bottom um, line, so I guess, is that you're buying a house in Canada. There needs to be money in a Canadian bank account is the bottom correct. line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, transfers themselves are a little frustrating. I had a, an incident recently with uh, actually an e-transfer, uh, not quite the same volume, obviously, as, uh, as the down payment, but I basically uh, transferred uh, a couple hundred dollars to this guy who I didn't know. Uh, he did some work for me in my yard. This is pre-COVID. Um, and what happened, actually, no, it was during COVID, but he was in my yard basically in every shed. doesn't matter. Sent him, uh, sent him a couple hundred bucks. Uh, said it was auto deposit. He said he never received it. I could see on my end that it was showing as pending, even though he had auto deposit. Um, told him to call his bank. His bank said it's not us. Call your call. Tell them to call their bank. I called my bank. Um, they said obviously it's not them. You got to call him. He's got auto deposit. Blah blah blah. I get the back and forth. So I asked them if they can manually cancel it. They say they can't because it's auto deposit. It's in the system. It's going to happen. Blah blah blah. Um, so he calls his bank back and they said that uh, within seven days, it'll be returned to me. So I said, okay. So I wait the seven days, obviously don't get the money back. Still showing his pending. Call my bank. I say, listen, this is what's happening. They're like, oh yeah, well, it'll expire after 30 days. You'll get the money back then. I was like, what? <laughs> so, I wait, I, so I wait the 30 days, okay? Uh, so it's May 18th was the 30 days. It says your money uh, transfer was expired. Click here to deposit it. I click that button, brings me to a page. 
can't deposit it, call my bank back. They say, you know what, we can manually cancel it. Whoever you talk to, I'm correct. Um, but it's going to take two days. I was like, what? Like, where the fuck is my money right now? Who has sitting nowhere. It's just invisible, sitting in the abyss, and nobody has access to it. They just basically, I think, created another couple hundred dollars and just gave it to me as a credit because I got it back as a credit memo. Just like a base of the bank's like, yeah, we don't know. We lost it. Here's your money. And so, and so what happened with the guy? Like you, you paid him twice. Like you had, like you paid him again. Paid him yeah. Yeah. He came back and I left cash That's in my mailbox. Insane. And cash. Yeah. So I had to basically take the gamble that he wasn't just going to be like, Dink, as soon as he gets home and accept it. You know? Right. Um, cause you know, what recourse am I going to take? I got his email address. I don't think the guy off Kijiji to clean up the uh, the shed in your yard was going to wait the 30 days yeah. for that couple yeah. hundred bucks. <laughs> hey, man, uh, <laughs> do you mind? Um, so it turns out uh, my bank told me that I guess he had he's on like a block list, I guess, for e-transfer. So he's probably known for some uh, there might be some history of uh, scamming there in general. So I might have actually dodged a bullet. Um, really? So I might, I might actually be I should be thanking my bank, to be honest. He's on a block um, list for receiving e-transfers. Well, they didn't say specifically. They just said uh, that email list. address is uh, is on a, uh, you know, a special Why? list that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, interesting, you know, on that, let's just assume this guy has bad credit. Um, there's uh, Equifax actually came out this week with a, uh, because of COVID, they're actually offering people now free. You can actually see your Equifax credit report for free. You won't see your actual score, okay. um, but you can see your report. So previously you had to pay for that. I'm gonna actually post that link in the uh, chat right now. Um, but people can actually go there and they can get a, um, you can get a free detailed credit report on there that'll actually list like all the products that you've had or haven't had, which is really valuable, especially if you're thinking about buying a home because uh, there could be things on there that you don't even know about that might be bringing down your score. Um, could be stuff that you closed years ago. It's still showing as active and delinquent. I mean, you just never know what's going to be on there. So it's definitely a, a worthwhile thing to check out if you haven't done it in some time. Um, and then obviously, I think we talked about it last week, but uh, companies like BorrowWell or um, Credit Karma, like these are all mm -hmm. good ones that will actually give you at least a, a snippet of your score, yeah. like your credit score. But they don't give you the full report. So this will actually give you the full report. So of Equifax your is now giving you free full reports. Yeah, I, just, I actually put the link in the uh, That's in the good, especially for tenants. Yeah, maybe put it up on, oh, yeah, you can see it there. Yeah, so, um, so, for, you, so for landlords out there, when, you know, and I had, uh, I had a, uh, somebody I was talking to this week saying that a prospective tenant told her they couldn't provide a credit report for some ludicrous reason. Um, right. This is, you know, and, and I know for landlords, they always, there's always a challenge of how do I get a credit report and things like that. This you can provide the link that Paul is going to post. Get your tenants to go in. They can register an account with Equifax. They'll get a true Equifax report. They can then provide it to you. You could be able to see everything that's going on with them uh, free of charge. So it is. It is more, as Paul said, it's more detailed than a Credit yeah. Karma or Borrowell, um, and and more accurate. Obviously, it's it's coming from directly from Equifax. Um, so for landlords, 100%, you should be directing your tenants to, to pulling from there. That's great, man. Uh, that's it. Or, or yourself, or even just yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. It's, you know, it's always good to something to keep track of, because uh, sometimes somebody might be tapping into your, your credit where you have no idea. Um, and and uh, your and score really, is suddenly 200. Yeah, and it destroys you. <laughs> the rebound from that is, you know, I've, I've heard, I've spoken to people that have tried going through proving that they didn't take this 
debt, this this credit card, or that they didn't spend this money, or or, or anything like that, where there's been identity theft, and it takes them years to rebuild, and it's it's ridiculous. It's uh, it's a really yeah. challenging process. So certainly keeping uh, abreast of what's going on with your credit is certainly important. I um yeah on uh, so Greg, I just posted in the chat as well a um one of our David Mai's. Um, Former classmates, actually from my school, uh, Matt Luloff. He's actually uh, yeah. he runs the Orleans Ward. You've probably yeah, seen yeah. his name around. I know him. Um, he posted recently about the development plans, uh, the like the official plan for the uh, for the city as far as growing. So if anyone is interested, there's a link there. It looks like they're um, the, the official plan by 2046 is to create 195,000 new households in Ottawa. I was reading about that this morning a bit, actually, somewhere else. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, there's some cool stats in there. Um, if anyone's interested, just talks about like, you know, uh, well, basically what the plan is. But he says that the plan is basically to build up and out. So like the plan is obviously, you know, they're wondering if they should expand the city limits or if they should start growing, uh, you know, high rises and things like that. And it looks like they're going to do kind of a combination of both, which is, I think, makes the most sense, really. Yeah, they're talking about um, the mid-rise. <laughs> yeah. Mid-rise. And then I saw plans for like some other... It, it was interesting. It kind of looked like one house, but I guess they had four units in it. You know what I mean? Like the the image I saw, it looked like a single family home, kind of modified, but it's four units, like back to back and everything, like a new style of terrace home, but one. I don't know. Anyways, like a yeah, like, a, like a front back duplex or a yeah, like a yeah, like, like a front back fourplex actually. Yeah, so two yeah. doors. I mean, the one I looked at, it was I guess it was two story, but like each person had you know entry on one side and and then on the yeah. back too and then i guess you just have like a community yard garden yeah. or whatever right so you don't have really have your own backyard but mm-hmm. kind of like a well we, we talked about it yesterday and one of our um one of the guys in our office as we mentioned last week is a, is a developer and he was just saying that um you know that one of the biggest worries originally was the lack of parking um but now with the you know with the light rail and them wanting to basically dave you're talking about that kind of 15 minute lifestyle that they want to create uh, where everything's kind of within a certain radius of your home where you don't actually need that parking. Like, I think, Dave, you mentioned the one near your place on Preston has a parking spot for every, like, it's, three tenants or something. Or I, think something. I, think the icon, I think the icon has something like 200 parking spaces for their 45 stories. You know, they've got, you're, you're less than, you know, I think it's, there are at least four or 500 units in that building, if not you know, yeah. more at, at 45 stories. And all they have is it's something like 200 or 250 parking spaces, less than one a unit, uh, because the city's not requiring anymore that you have a parking space per unit uh, because they want to entice people to be, right. you know, using public transportation, walking, biking, uh, other modes and getting people, um, you know, they've talked about it over the years, but by 2050 is their plan of having like a 15 minute um, work-life balance that everything you do is within 15 minutes of your home from grocery store to your you know your all your other conveniences your work everything like that and 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 that 15 minutes is bike public transit it's not driving um, so it's interesting to see kind of like Paul was saying about the developments and 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 what they'll do uh, with the densification yeah did we talk about uh, did we talk about Shopify last week as far as them downsizing or, or like go, going remote or was that something we talked about off slightly? Um, yeah, I, I honestly can't remember in too much detail. I think they announced they announced it. I think it was might have been this week that they're they're going to basically make all their offices uh, remote. So you know the 
the, the whatever it is, seven-story building on Elgin, and the the 18-story building that is the EDC building that they were going to move into is now just, you know, who knows what they're going to do with that space? I think they, Dave, I think you said they had spent 10 million or something, right, on the construction, oh, no, it's, something like it's that. Way, it's way more than that. Something crazy. Yeah, way more than that. But they, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what they actually do with that space and how they adapt. I mean, right now. Shopify, we're in Ottawa. Shopify is a huge employer here now and, and, you know, the largest company in Canada from a valuation standpoint. But uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to this. They've, they came out and said that we're going to move to a remote office, that we're not opening our offices back up. I don't know if that, who knows if that'll be the case, if that's going to be ongoing or it's just going to be, you know, some people that come back to the office because it's not going to work for everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, really, they've got, I think it's yeah, six or seven floors at 150 Elgin mm -hmm. that they freshly renovated. I'm sure they're in like a 10 or 15, 20-year lease that they that they signed over there. Um, yeah. I think someone told me that the, the plan, the, the short-term plan, or at least like their, their concept originally was to actually turn it into kind of like a, a co-working space. Mm -hmm. Like, so they have all those floors. It's built for kind of a creative working space. Um, people that have small offices or small businesses that could go basically work out of there. Um, as opposed to having to work, yeah, you know. But uh, you know, my buyer, we we talked about my buyer office. You know, when we when we interviewed them on Growcast, that was what four years ago, five years ago. That was kind of the beginning of that co-working space idea. Uh, and I know, Blue, you know, your office there, you had kind of talked yeah. about before COVID that you were gonna, you know, let. Yeah, come in. I had I had two people sign up. I had two people sign yeah, up so the week before. Of, like, uh, and then those nothing. spaces when you can get in there and and be creative and be around other people that are doing their own thing and on the hustle and you know maybe starting their business out, but mm -hmm. things you can collaborate on. I think those are. Gonna, they're going to become really popular. It's going to be difficult. I mean, they were becoming really popular. Uh, it'll be interesting to guess just now to see, you know, if everyone's going to have their their own cubicle again, back to, to office spaces, uh, you know, secure offices. Everything was kind of going, We t I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, but everything was kind of going open concept, and now it seems like it's going to, Go back to boxes, you know, well, because of, of yeah, distancing, Air right? Tights, I mean, who airtight Tupperware <laughs> offices? Who knows? I don't know. It, it could go so many it, different it, ways. It's been, everyone, everyone's <laughs> gonna work where they want to work and just do whatever they need to do. They'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, I'm good. You guys are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? I was actually on a call. Uh, I was actually on a call. Uh, before this at nine o'clock with uh, the Boys and Girls Club in Uganda that I'm that I'm connected to, yeah. and we were talking to them about small businesses there, and uh, just interesting to hear like the rules there are crazy. Like a couple people in the village were actually arrested for uh, being out after curfew. Like they actually have a, like a, I think it was a seven p.m. curfew, and if you're seen outside after that, they'll literally arrest you. So um, really, it's pretty wild. You know, it's like uh, everything's spreading, but just hearing everyone's voice and knowing everyone's doing well is obviously uh the most important thing but um yeah i mean it's uh day by day or take it day by day <laughs> day by day uh, bud yeah i had a pretty winter, good winter home sense all those open this week uh i mean all, a lot of retails opening back up so i don't know i mean you know it's you know what pisses me off though i'll be honest if i'm gonna be candid here it might as well be it's the wrap be candid um it's friday what bothers me is when, you know, there's certain states that have opened up. I know Texas has opened up and there's a few other places, but they they open up and then they're like, well, you know, the cases have have risen. It's like, well, yeah. of course, they're going to rise if people are out in public. But like, by how much? Is it three people? Is it two people? Like, like don't fear monger. You know what I mean? Like, just tell us the actual stats. Tell us what are the numbers. Like, is it uh, is it actually a concern or are we just like, yeah. you know, headlines here to get clicks, you know? Um I just want, I would love to see 
true figures and real numbers so that we actually know what we're dealing with instead of uh, everyone being scared. You know, some people that probably have just gone out in public this week for the first time in months. So I know, and then they get a message like that, and it's like, oh, I'm just going to yeah. go back inside my house. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. melt back. It's hard, to say. it's hard to know what, you know, every news source you go to is bias one way or the other. So it's really hard to get just like plain neutral news. Like, where do you guys go to get your... Uh, I think the only place, I mean, I think if, if you're looking for like the states or something like that, I think you got to, I would look at CDC, like you said, I mean, different uh, different news agencies are biased, but like the CDC, go yeah, yeah. on their site or the John Hopkins, uh, John Hopkins, like uh, tracks all, Institute tracks all that. And that's more, that's like definitive numbers. I would use those as opposed to, like you said, maybe uh, like a, a CNN or Fox News or something like that where they're, yeah. you know, maybe spinning, but who knows? I mean, like you said, it's uh, yeah, and here's who the, here's who the frick knows uh, what's being spun. Here's Sean uh, Sean Darmody. He's got a comment here. He says stats lately are really hard to comprehend. Just mm -hmm. like you were saying, it's it's true. I mean, you don't know what you're looking at anymore. I think too, like as as technology becomes more prominent, it's like there's we're just so engulfed with information that it's like impossible. Like you know, humans in general. Uh, are, are built to be in, you know, tribes of 150 people. That's like the information, you're supposed to know that many people and like, you know, that that's the capacity of what we're able to take in as far as information and news and different things changing. And now you have like, you know, seven and a half billion people's voices in front of you at any given moment, uh, all contradicting <laughs> yeah. stats. I mean, you could pull up any topic and you're gonna have 50% of information on one side, 50% on the other, even if it's something as preposterous as the world being round, you know? So, I mean, there's always, uh, you just never know. I mean, there's information on both sides. Whatever side you want to take, it's like it's just really hard to navigate through the the muddy waters that is the information world. You know. Well, let's get uh, let's get out of the mud here and let's get into some uh, mortgage and real estate information. Yeah. <laughs> well, we mentioned last week the qualifying rate went down on Monday again. Right. So we did. You had a few people this week that were uh, were actually shopping around six uh, six hundred and they're. Um, <clears throat> They went up to 630, so they're actually able to, to, to be a bit more competitive on a, on a home that they wanted to put an offer in. So that's, you know, small things like that do make a difference. Um, outside of that, I mean, rates are still up to great. Uh, the market's moving. Like like Dave mentioned last week, lenders are starting to be a little more uh, accepting of, you know, taking a file at face value and getting information afterwards. Uh, I think people are just so inundated with, with, with deals and, like, you know, capacity level when this mm -hmm. first hit that, um, they had to be really strict on document requirements and things like that. And now that they have things have slowed down a bit, as far as like they, you know, not slowed down but settled. Like everyone is kind of in the position where they need to be. They can handle the workload and the the deal flow coming in. I think that they're starting to see that, you know, they're able to lighten up a bit. So that's always good for us too and clients because it's a stressful. Obviously, as you know, Greg, it's a, it's a stressful time buying a house sometimes for people. So um, <laughs> yes, we try not to uh, we try not to overwhelm them with. Uh, necessary things unnecessary things you know no and it's I, I got a couple first timers right now and i love it but just educating them and uh you know going through the process these this one couple i've been out with you know f finally you know for on our i guess it was our third house that we looked at we were just talking to him and he goes so he goes so i think i get it now he goes we have to pay fifty thousand dollars over list price to get the house that we want <laughs> and i was like not necessarily, but I mean, now that you have that in your head, it'll help when we have to compete <laughs> again. I go, because because everything that we saw and that we were trying to deal with, it all sold b between like 40, 60,000. 
over list 50 and I mean that's a particular house you know there's not uh you know when the nice ones come out they're selling like crazy still um, so it's funny we uh, we uh one of our friends who was also a realtor was was telling us this week that they were in a multiple offer situation they were a listing agent and they said you know you can really see the difference of which agents are involved in the market and which ones aren't so he had an agent that uh, was coming from Toronto um there was four other offers on the table Came in at came in at list price. Yeah, uh, and the property went at, for sixty two thousand over asking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you wonder like if you're that if you're that agent's client, like how yeah. poorly represented right? you feel now. Wow, we, so we lost by how much? Sorry, sixty two thousand. I swear, wow, I sorry. swear to God, man, a agents. I mean, people working with agents, they need to ask their agent if they're experienced in the current market, if they're experiencing multiple offers, and yeah. just, and, and even be like, and it's not even about, you know, going somewhere else. It could be like, okay, do you work with anyone who is? And could we maybe bring them in to work with us on this? You know what I mean? It's, you really gotta screen and, and talk to people. I was talking to somebody the other day. So 60,000 agents in the GTA, 60,000, <laughs> 1,000 transactions last month. Wow. 1,000? 1,000. And, and the guy who was telling my colleague about this, he did four of those. So if he's doing four <laughs> and there's 60,000 agents and there's 1,000 transactions, like, man, wow. that's, a, that's a crazy stat. So, so how many of those agents are inexperienced and don't know what they're doing? Yeah. And, that's, and that's terrible because we've got really intense schooling for, for real estate, but a lot of people... They just go, they go in, just think they can do it. And then, you know, and then some people get a bad or the business gets a bad reputation, right? It, it's definitely a liability on as a, for if you're, you know, anyone working with a part-time realtor that maybe does a transaction or two a year or even a mortgage broker or agent that only does, you know, a handful of deals a year, they're not abreast of the situation, of the legalities, of conditions, of, you know, the whole process. And that puts your financing in jeopardy, your purchase in jeopardy, and, and it is a legally binding contract where, you know, if you don't have it set up properly by an experienced person, uh, you know, shit can come up down the road yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. can happen. It's, it's uh, to, to, like, to Paul and, and your point about, like, you know, pricing, I had a client this week, condo in Westboro, listed at $399 for a two-bedroom. The... Uh, Right away, he's like, this is ridiculous. There's no reason why it should be priced at this. They knew right away like that it, it yeah. was the, that it was priced way too low. And the last, it was like three years ago that a, a or four years ago that a, a, a two-bedroom went for that price. So they purposely, either, either inexperiencedly, uh, their agent believed that it was just inexperience of that listing agent, uh, but, or, but priced it outrageously where it right. ended up going. 85,000 over so it went for 485 which is where it should have been priced right to begin like, which with is what it's like what it's you know value was or well you know um anthony donnelly just listed i think he's the first one in the city to do it he just listed a new house at one dollar so he's creating an auction wow. basically yeah so he listed it at one dollars to see where it goes so that'll be that'll be pretty interesting and it's a sick property I guess let the market dictate. Is it a re is it a new build? Is it? It's uh, uh, it's a reno. It's a reno. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see the first time buyers that are like, oh my gosh, maybe we'll be able to get it for two fifty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably sell for six. So, Where is it located? Um, gosh, I can't remember. 
Um, you might have to explain the address. That would be pretty uh, entertaining to follow. Yeah. Follow up. Uh, and in I a don't. Weeks. And I don't know when he's doing the offers. But uh, here, let me just see if I can find it on here. So how would that? I guess. I guess that would from a realtor side with your client listing. I guess it's just just like explaining to them coming. You know that this is what we're gonna try and and. I guess they'd have to sign off on and agree to it. <laughs> I mean, how would, how yeah. does that really work of listing, you know, at that sort of price? Well, that's oh, here we go. So the listing is two two four three two Blackstone, two four three two Blackstone. I can't remember where that's at. Is it on uh, Realtor.ca right now? I haven't checked yet. I just I'm looking okay. at his Instagram feed from yesterday. But. Um, yeah, anyway, so it's, you let's know. get on some buyers, shall we? Yeah, let's get them a buyer. <laughs> oh, let's start the bidding on $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1,
like why why do you want to buy a five hundred thousand dollar home as an investment? I go I go if anything does change in the market, I go you're going to get hit more than if you buy something at like three hundred thousand or two fifty that you can have a tenant in that always you know you're always going to get a tenant fast. You're always going to get rent. And the amount yeah. and the amount that you lose on something like that in a downturn is nothing compared to what it is on anything like you know a million dollar home, seven fifty, five fifty. You know, you lose more. I'm just from an investor perspective, but it was it was interesting because I was reading the article and they were talking about that. I don't know. What are you? No, thoughts? absolutely. You're right, and that's a good point. You're still going to get the up, like you're still going to get the uh, the natural uh, like appreciation and increase in value. Obviously, not going to be as much if if you know if the market continues to go up, but. You're still going to get the uptick, and like you said, I think being able to get another tenant if something happens is like one of the hardest things. Um, you may get a, a higher quality tenant at a higher price point yeah. house, but that's not always the case. And um, you know, I, again, we had a friend this week that was going through that same thing. I think Dave, you mentioned not being able to get the credit report, mm-hmm. um, and just tenants are some tenants are just professional. <laughs> they're professional tenants. They know what they're doing. You know, yeah. Um, they work the system. They know how to. They know what the landlord and tenant board rules are, and they use them to their advantage. Uh, where it's they're there to protect people, but um, they definitely favor the tenant. And and when those professional tenants, I'll put it, you know, know how to work the system to not make a payment for you know basically 90 days because they know they can't be evicted during that period. <clears throat> you know, it's uh, anyways. You get you get some like that out there. So yeah, Jer- Jeremy Deering says you only lose when you sell. It's a good point. <laughs> <clears throat> great market advice real estate advice yeah. uh you know all the above <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you're if you're looking in new brunswick jeremy's your man he's he's out in fredericton fredericton okay you know what man did I, did I tell some you the posts, some of the houses he posts for like two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars have you know wraparound decks in ground yeah. pool ponds you know with oh, yeah. that, well, that's what they know. were saying. They were saying, uh, like in New Brunswick, you can get really great bang for your buck. You know, oh. like exactly that, like three thousand square foot homes for pretty cheap. Um, yeah. In some spots, anyways. What was I just gonna say? Um, oh no, I forgot. Mm, got distracted with the fr- oh yeah. So did I tell you guys last week? I can't remember. So our trip to PEI it looks like it's gonna be canceled. Oh, for the lobster tanks? Yeah, because... How disappointing. Because Prince Edward Island is only opening up the island to owners of cottages who live in New Brunswick or Nova Scotia. Mm. Wow. So they're basically canceling any other um, traveler. I mean, it look it looks like that. So it's kind of sad. So my cousins, you know, I don't, it's, um, I'm not going to get to see them. So you can't see, fa- no, you can't even, I guess, family, yeah, not allowed. No, I mean, that's the benefit of having a bridge. They just shut it off. And yeah. You can't get in. Like, they're opening it up June 1st for New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, but it looks like they're just going to keep it at that. I mean, we'll see. I mean, the tourist industry down there, like, I mean, is, is massive in the summer. So, like, they're going to be, they're going to take a huge hit. But then you've got all the, the islanders who are like, we don't want anybody in. We don't want to get sick. So, I mean, you're running a province. I can't imagine. They should have a swimming lane in the water, and anyone that <laughs> dares swim across can go. Just <laughs> have a two-way swimming lane. Who dares? Yeah. yeah. If, if you can make it across this seven miles, you're allowed in. Yeah. You can, yeah. you know, you're clearly healthy. You're clearly healthy. No COVID for you. I like it. I like it. Your lungs are working very well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no Cavanaugh sure. COVID. Or what is it? What's it? Is it what are the potatoes out there? It's not Cavanaugh. It's... Uh, Cavendish. Cavendish. 
<clears throat> yeah, Ca oh, Cavendish is a nice little spot. Little Anna Green yeah. Gables. I've actually only been I've been once to uh, PI. It was pretty awesome. No, I haven't actually. Did I? Yeah, no, I did. I went once. <laughs> Clearly, you remember it. Clearly, you. Oh, I did. I think I did. Oh. Long break. And, and there's Sean saying the PEI trip got canceled as well. He had one. Okay. He had one going out there. That's crazy. Yeah, I guess they're just looking at his uh, short-term pain from a revenue from a uh, revenue standpoint is uh, you know for long-term gain. You know, not having the whole island shut down, they'll close it for a couple months and not let anyone in. And I did you know. go. I did go. I remember stopping on the bridge on the way home and looking at the stars. And you're not supposed to stop, I don't think. So no. I broke the rules. Sue me. You broke hey, the you rules. Won't. You can't get across the bridge anyways. So uh. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Paul's going back tonight <laughs> for a little star, a starlit walk. Uh, all right. Let's see here. I, I, I gotta, I'm going to pull up my uh, mood boost. What you got? What you got for us? Well, I'm not going I'll, to. I'll just read them. You guys tell me what you think. Okay. Ready. Number one. What did the cargo shorts say to the boxer shorts? After being away for a long time, brief me. <laughs> Where does a killer whale go for braces? The orchidontist? Oh. oh. A Roman, Roman walks into a bar and holds up two of his fingers and says, five beers, please. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Where, where, do these, where, where do these all come from? Is this, this is his, his brother, his brother, Tim, that does a lot of research that the night before he's got, <laughs> he's got a list of like thousands of dad jokes. And he just basically sends three. He's got a really long email mailing list from like work and friends and family. And he just sends them out every Friday morning okay. as a Friday mood boost. They're pretty good. I mean, it's a good, that's a good thought. You know, he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I get it. It makes sense. People. And then we, well, and then when he didn't, and when he didn't send it a couple of weeks ago, Paul gave him shit to make sure he was on right. the ball and said, Jim, make sure. You saw how terrible they were that week. So, I mean, yeah. they're better than that, you know? Yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Jeremy Deering saying on that note, have a great weekend. You too, Jeremy. Yeah. Thanks for uh, too, tuning sir. in. Now, uh, now, I have a, now I have a hookup in uh, Fredericton for yes, any sir. referrals. Yes, sir. He's your Gregory. man. I crushed Rush. By next week yeah so i screwed up on the mugs uh he was waiting for some info from me they're all kind of ready to go but we're going to order them through the shop so we, we should have the shop up uh, and running i have to have a picture to him uh, as well i was thinking that uh hopefully at some point we can get together and do a pic of the three of us like a nice little photo shoot oh um, won't that be sweet yeah it'd be so sweet <laughs> so sweet you, you two you two giants with me fucking just <laughs> you, you can be in the middle it definitely won't be a zooming of our faces that's for sure it'll be a photographer about a mile away to get me in the photo with you <laughs> you can put dave on our shoulders like have perfect. one cheek on yeah yeah perfect just... <laughs> just holding them up cheerleading Boy, squad jump around with his legs definitely might be propped up on your uh, on your waist some that's <laughs> awesome little stool uh yeah and everyone's talking about their mugs they're coming boys i uh yeah that was that was my fault so uh look for them next week we'll sort that out all right we're wrapping it up all right wow that was 45 minutes That's i crazy. know 
Have a good weekend, gents. Happy early birthday, P-Dads. Uh, yeah. Yes, thank you. But just a, a reminder, too, if you guys are uh, tuning in, um, just for the numbers sake, be sure to follow us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Because uh, it, it does help uh, the ranking and whatnot as well, so that more people that aren't familiar with us, at least on Facebook, or will get to see it and hopefully yeah. uh, learn a little bit about real estate as well. Yet, uh, just you know, go to Spotify or any uh, if you're into podcasts, just any aggregator, and just type in the Friday wrap up, and we're there now. So uh, yeah. Bye, Joe. All right. Love it. All right. Have a good weekend, boys. See you later. The Friday wrap up brought to you by Blue Panda Realty Orleans and Referral Mortgages. Podcast recording and editing, courtesy Big Stuff Productions.